Okay, well, I overprepared on some songs. I underprepared on all songs. Perfect. Oh, great. <laughs> Are you still in Oregon? I am. Are you a little sick? Uh, in, no. In the head, I mean? I'm insane in my membrane. Which which membrane? Wait, th- wait this your, isn't your... a Cypress Hill fan cast. <laughs> I'm sorry. Aww. Like your mucus membrane? Yeah. No, I, I'm fine. Okay. I'm a little sick. I guess I guess let's get this show on the road and then we can talk the things that we say. Welcome to Think Outside the Box Set, a podcast about learning to appreciate an artist's back catalog. I'm Nathan Hunt. And I'm Cameron DeWitt. And today we're talking about The Riddle Box by Insane Clown Posse. Riddle me this, Nathan. Yes? Did you did you also think that this album was fine? Was fine? <laughs> yeah. What, fine in what way? Like, man, that's fine. Or, eh, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Do you think it's as good as the last one or better? I don't think it's as good as the last one. I think you're right. Like... I, I think in some ways the songwriting has gotten a little bit more fun and poppier. And I use that as, yeah. as a big compliment, that word poppier. Um, yeah. The vocals are more abrasive and the flow seems to have kind of taken a step backward. Um, yeah, there's one song that is like probably their best song. Oh, which one? We'll get there. Ooh, okay. <laughs> is it Chicken Hunting? Slaughterhouse Mix? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Uh what a surprise. Um yeah, the the guys on this one sound more like the Jerky Boys than the Beastie Boys, am I right? <laughs> I don't know who the Jerky Boys are. Oh. They they did some like there are these uh, crank call skit guys back in the day. They had like Oh, then they, tapes yeah, they definitely buy. sound like Jerky Boys then. There's a straight up like Jerky Boys skit on one of these songs. Um Yeah, I I don't know when their rapping gets better. I mean, it must at some point because the next album is The Great Malenko, which has Hocus Pocus, which, if I remember right, has much better flow and rhymes than mm. a lot of these songs. Mm. Um, but this album was released only a year after the last one, right? Uh, Yeah, 1995. Yeah. Was it 94, the last one? Yeah. So maybe it's a little rushed because the next one has two years in between. I just had some time to think. <laughs> to just really ponder their whole yeah. their whole thing. Um less less high concept like a moral stuff. Mm-hmm. At least at least the the pretense of it is isn't as strong mm-hmm. and uh a lot a lot more uh goofy goofy clown antics. Mm-hmm. Violent, goofy, yeah. wicked, wicked clowns. Um yeah. Yeah, so Wikipedia has a few interesting nuggets about this album. It's the first one where ICP worked with studio vocalist and guitarist Rich Merle, who had worked with the group throughout much of their career under the name Legs Diamond. And yes, you guessed correctly, that's <laughs> Legs with a Z. Legs. Okay. <laughs> glad, we, glad you clarified. Uh, yeah. And uh, they wanted this to be their first nationwide release. And so uh, Joseph Bruce, which is Violent J., Recalled thinking that working on the album would be, quote, all the records we had done rolled into a single effort. Hmm. 
Um, oh, and the reason they were introduced to Rich Merle, Legs Diamond, is that they wanted the album to be more theatrical. Wait, he's the guitarist? And background vocalist. So he does like songs oh, okay. and or, uh, various vocals and songs and skits. Okay. Yeah. I mean, this one definitely is more theatrical. Yes, for sure. So <laughs> It's another really long one, too. In fact, they signed yeah. to Jive Records. So the Jive Records Senior Vice President of Artists and Repertoire, Jeff Fenster, had told ICP that Riddlebox couldn't be over one hour long. And then the group turned in the album at 70 minutes and 40 seconds long. And Fenster was furious. So goddamn mad. <laughs> I'm so mad. <laughs> I'm about to bust a nut. Um, and so... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Joseph Bruce, Violent J, told Fenster that the album featured several skits and sounds length not an issue. Don't just don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> just you're mad. Stop being mad. Just don't be mad. <laughs> <laughs> that's my fa- that's my favorite tactic. Yeah. In- all of my relationships. Yeah, it works really good. Professional and personal. Yeah, when you're having an argument, just like, I think stop the problem is that you're mad. <laughs> I'm sorry you got mad at what I did. <laughs> I'm sorry you overreacted. I'm apologizing. Come on. Uh, yeah. So uh, I, I read on uh, Wikipedia also uh, mm. that um, mm. that uh, Battery Records did didn't really promote this album so they had to like fund all the promotion themselves Mm -hmm. uh but then i saw i guess they like tried to get in some real retail stores in texas Mm -hmm. and they sold i i don't know what this the site is uh c-i-t-e for this is but Mm -hmm. um it says they sold uh 1500 copies a week which is crazy that's so many i don't know i don't know for how long but one week yeah yeah (laughs) It's been one week since we sold 1,500 records. Yeah. And actually, interestingly enough, um, when they started doing this, uh, they like did a tour, I think. Um, there's, this, there's this really interesting interview that Violent J gives with Nathan Rabin, if that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, he says, we believe the whole Juggalo movement and the question of are you down with the clown and how long will you be down? And all that really started to take solid form after the release of Ringmaster and right around the Riddle Box, our third album. That's when the whole thing really whipped into form. So by the time we did the fourth Joker's card, The Great Malenko, it was evident that something was going on. Everything uh. was taking shape prior to that, but really after Riddle Box came out, not during the making of Riddle Box, but after Riddle Box came out, uh, blah, blah, blah. I can see that. So we're going to start getting into like uh, prime ICP territory. Yes, this is where it really starts to take off. Uh, he says there was a juggalo after, world after this one. Yeah. Well. <laughs> well. Interestingly enough, they're touring. They're touring off Riddle Box before they did the Great Malenko. And Jay says, "I remember getting in a camper. We got into an RV and we painted it black." <laughs> I took an RV and I want to paint it black. Uh, we put the giant riddle box stickers on the side of it. We went to Madison, Wisconsin. Hi, Robert. And there was about 60 juggalos there. We had never even heard of Madison, Wisconsin. Hi, Robert. But there were 60 juggalos there. Yeah, so it's it's beginning to be like a movement already. Yeah. Did... <laughs> uh, how many juggalos are there now? Um, ooh, good question. Um, well, according to the FBI. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's the that's the thing. I wanted I don't think we've mentioned this on the show yet. Um, but we talked 
I think in the bracket episode about how the Juggalos did a march on Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, and I assumed that that was, you know, some sort of social justice thing mm-hmm. um, or an anti-Trump thing. Uh, but apparently they marched on Washington because they're like classified as like a loosely organized gang by the Department of Justice. Uh, and like, I guess they've been like fighting that for a while. Like we're not a gang. Um, and they want, I don't, I don't know why exactly, but they, they want that removed They're Like I read some transcripts from the court, uh, court case saying that like different people, like because they had juggalo tattoos and stuff, couldn't get jobs or got fired or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, uh, they didn't win because, uh, I guess the court determined that, um, it wasn't the, the FBI or Department of Justice, like, uh, label that kept them from keeping or getting jobs. It was, you know, just like you got crazy tattoos or whatever. And you so. wear clown makeup every day. Yeah. <laughs> that will. I mean, I don't know if they do. do. Do you, if you're a juggalo, do you, are you like, do you wear clown makeup every day or is it just like tattoos or something? Uh, it depends on how down with the clown you are. I guess. Uh, yeah. Juggalo listeners, write in and tell us. Um, yeah, so I don't know. It's kind of, it seems a little silly that Juggalos are classified as a gang because it's not like, you know, it's not like deadheads are a gang or anything. And I, right. re- I really wonder if, uh, it's not like, you know, well, I really wonder if the rates of crime are actually, actually higher among Juggalos than any other fan group of any other band. I mean, yeah, I've heard, I've heard that deadheads are super violent. <laughs> <laughs> They're always shooting people in the head, cutting off nuggets, uh, cutting off backs, cutting, cutting backs off. Back. Yeah. Beat to it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so Cameron, tell me about what is the riddle box? What is that? The idea, the concept of this concept album? Well, it's a it's a very vague concept and it doesn't get addressed much uh, similar to the other albums. But I feel like they try even less in this one. Um, but, uh, uh, I don't know if well, I agree with that, but I'll, mm-hmm. I'll let you, I'll let you, I'm, I'm gonna let you finish. Uh, well, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> what a gentleman. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying Beyonce had the best riddle box. Okay. <laughs> In the introduction, in the first track, um, there's a little skit where um, some guys are in a car and it crashes, uh, and then they they wake up and um, uh, they're in a room with a bunch of clowns, uh, and they're like, "Where are we?" And the one of the voices says, "It's not where you're at; it's where you're going, and you won't know until you turn the crank." And then they uh, start doing. This, you start hearing this like little music box. I think it's like um, uh, Pop Goes the Weasel, I'm yeah, assuming. Yeah, it is. Um, and uh, then uh, they they finish the song, and um, at the end, a trap door opens, and then they fall screaming. And uh, yeah, basically, they th- that's all we get from the first track. Yeah. We, we don't know why, but... That's, right. that's the riddle box. But eventually it comes out that the riddle box is pretty much the same as the ringmaster. It's like another entity that takes you into this weird limbo space called the dark carnival and then judges you 
and then either sends you to heaven or hell based on your actions in life. So I don't. It's it's it reminds me of like uh, I don't know the Egyptian concept of the afterlife, where your uh, your heart is judged against the weight of a feather, and if it's heavier, you go to hell, and if it's not, you go to heaven. You know, it's like basically that whole thing. Um, so it's it's kind of a I don't know. It's it's a slightly different skin on the same idea right and i I don't know i'm starting to think that like icp had one good idea which they keep refining or restating in different albums um each of the six jokers cards relates to a specific character uh that tries to save the human soul by showing the wicked inside of oneself quote um but they're all kind of they all kind of do the same thing just with a different face yeah they're they're all just sort of murdering and judging and uh that's that's kind of their style yeah uh so specifically the riddle box is about uh whether you go to heaven or hell mhm like it's it's this i think this is the first time we really hear about the afterlife as like a different plane of existence usually we just hear about you know uh zombies and stuff and in this one, um, there's there's a lot of afterlife stuff, mm-hmm. like in a in a in a different uh, location. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah i I kind of didn't I kind of didn't like as well hmm. because I, I liked in the first couple albums that, um, uh, you know they they would say that the carnival is evil and the clowns are evil. Um, but uh there wasn't any sort of self-righteousness about it it was just like a, this is um a sort of karmic you know like um cycle where like now you have to suffer the um violence that you've sort of created and been complicit in mm-hmm. um and uh this one is like i yeah i mean I've been getting over the whole concepts of, you know, heaven and hell. Like that was the whole like first 18, 20 years of my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like being like, okay, that's really silly. And I don't need that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I liked the, um, I like the earlier concepts more than this. Well, personally. I mean, I, I, I see what you're getting at, but I also kind of appreciate that, um, that coming from such a, an oppressed place as inner city Detroit, the ghetto, as they say, um, I kind of appreciate that they have this belief in a sort of eternal overarching justice that even when things are shitty and you're born into poverty and you live around violence and rich people don't care and they kind of like screw you over with their political, um, ideas and policies that there's still this like justice that can happen in the world after death. Yeah, swing low, sweet, sweet wagon wagon. <laughs> More like swing low, sweet hatchet hatchet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Any any other general thoughts before we get into it? I mean, I thought we were getting into it. That's that's why that's why I just synopsized the first song without oh, you, explaining what the riddle God, box was. God damn it! You didn't say you were. <laughs> Sometimes. You said, like, why don't you tell us about the riddle box? No, the and idea the- of the riddle box, not the song, the riddle box. Oh, well, who's on first? What's on second? And Go Fuck Yourself is playing shortstop. Europe, talk about the riddle box, the song. 
No, I'm not done talking about the intro. Um, oh, I, I, I talked actually, about the intro. Well, you didn't let me in on it because I didn't know you were talking about it. Okay. I have, I have sure. two more general thoughts before we get into the song discussions. All right. For real. Um, one is I'd like to take a trip to the misogyny parlor, um, mm. which is, I, I, that's just a stupid play on words. I don't actually mean to make light of their misogyny. Um, it's just um, an immediate apology from Nathan. I'm sorry. <laughs> Our gracious host. I'm sorry. I just, sometimes I, I like to think of really stupid things and say them, but then I, I also don't want to actually like follow through on the implications of the stupid things I'm saying. I immediately disown them. Um, so the misogyny parlor. Uh, what do you think? Does this album have less misogyny than the, the last one? Yes. I, yeah, there's some like there's some like negging, yeah, in it, but it feels more like negging as opposed to just like abuse. Yeah, I mean it still is because yeah. it's super exaggerated. You know, I've been thinking ever since. Um, you know, you're talking about the difference between uh, like real violence and performative violence, and I was just thinking like, is there a thing? Uh, is there such a thing as performative misogyny hmm. versus real misogyny? Now that it's calmed down a little bit, I'm starting to wonder, like, what is the... To what extent can we accept this? To what extent is... You know, they have Juggalos now, by yeah. this point, in 1995, and so I would assume some of them are women. You know, like... yeah. To what extent is um, is this sort of do they like this misogyny? Is it sort of a kink as opposed to misogyny? Yeah. You know, cause it's like technically anything is acceptable as long as it's consensual, you know? And, uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm a bit out of my element. Yeah. Like I don't necessarily know how to judge it or not. And like, I probably shouldn't. <laughs> Here's what I think. I think the difference between violence and misogyny and the way you can think about it is if you're talking about violence, and you are saying all these violent things, you're not actually doing violence. It's a performance about violence. It's not constitutive in that you're not actually stabbing someone if you're saying, I stabbed a guy. But if you're doing misogyny in the same way, you are actually doing it. It's, it is constitutive. The act of saying misogynistic things is misogyny. So you can't like necessarily, I mean, you can, I guess you could, sort of talk about misogyny but anytime you enact it in that way it is the real thing does that make sense yeah i mean that might be a useful definition of of the word violence but i don't know if i that's a that's a pragmatic you uh definition of the word violence i don't know if i agree with it or not hmm. <laughs> that like that that violence is like a specific physical act well, I mean, you would, you'd still have to agree that stabbing someone is worse than saying I stabbed a guy, right? Yes. <laughs> so to me, there's like, there's no such distinction in misogyny where if you, if you call a woman a bitch, you're still calling her a bitch, whether or not you mean it ironically. Um, yeah. In any case, you've mostly synopsized the song intro and... But you can't... But you can't really like. I'm sorry. But you yeah. can. <laughs> uh, you can't. You can't like. You can't and won't consent to being stabbed. Oh, there are people who've done that. Yeah. 
Okay. <laughs> no, seriously, there was a guy in Germany who was like, I want somebody to come to my house and kill me and then eat me or something like that. Oh, my God. Did you not hear about that? He definitely, no. he definitely consented to it. So, All right. Anyway. Um, oh, the only thing I have to say about intro is as relates to the concept of this album, the riddle box, how you say that they kind of are, are weaker on their concept than they have been before. But I think in some ways they're actually stronger. And I think the main one is that we actually see the joke, the, uh, this Joker's card in action, the riddle box. We hear someone winding the riddle box and then we see what it does, which is stronger than, um, than the ringmaster because I don't think the ringmaster really ever appeared on the ringmaster album. We like never saw him or what he did. We just heard people talking about him. So right. it's really like show versus tell. Yeah. Okay. I, I, th- I think what I meant was just like the amount of songs on the album that have to do with the concept. Ah, uh, I see. Yeah, because... P. The, <laughs> I do see P. I wet myself is what I'm saying. Um, yeah, there, there are kind of like, I don't know, like before there are there are a lot of songs that are sort of loosely attached to the theme yeah. where there's like macabre stuff going on or like a carnival circus atmosphere but yeah the the actual riddle box itself doesn't show up very often except in the next song which is called riddle box Wicked, 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 wicked clowns. Wicked, wicked. <laughs> if you're from Boston, you say, oh, it's a wicked clowns, kid. Uh, have I made that joke before? Probably. Um, so this song, Riddlebox, it sort of sounds like a hip-hop version of a song from Nightmare Before Christmas, which I kind of appreciate. Yeah. I kind of like this, the music on this one. Uh, it opens. Lots of, lots of clown noises. Oh, yeah. Lots of boy yo 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 it opens with spoken word intro from jay saying ladies and gentlemen welcome to your death now let's see where you're headed turn the crank and experience what's in store for you deep within the mighty riddle box um you really say mighty it's a weird word to use yeah it is it is um maybe they they meant to say mikey maybe maybe it's a dude's name mikey riddle box well mike e clark oh mikey clark riddle box (laughs) yeah uh, so this okay. this song really leans into the whole clown carnival calliope circus atmosphere. Yeah. Um, Jay and Tudor are are nearly half and half on this one. Yeah, and and this this song is where the um, the concept of the riddle box is uh, fleshed out. Yeah, it's really explained. You know that it's about final judgment and uh, and your placement in the afterlife. Right. Um, there's they express it in the line. Uh, as in the idea like what are you gonna get the bonus or the bone (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of a fun way to put that yeah uh we the wicked juggalos we juggle those who live like hoes and chose the express route one way straight down the spiral twist to the riddle box yep yeah this should really be the same song as the intro and it kind of is yeah, the intro is kind basically. of just a skit that leads into it. Yeah. Um, Who's brave enough to step into their new eternal destiny? Surely someone 
must be confident mm-hmm. that their life wasn't totally evil. <laughs> Step right up and seal your fate. Yeah, I was going to read those yeah. lines. Those are those are pretty good. He's so incredulous. Yeah. Surely someone must be confident that their life wasn't totally evil. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's pretty much all there is to it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Tell me about the show must go on. think there's that much to this song uh jay and two dope they sort of trade verses where they rap about violence and sex um and the choruses have a voiceover telling the story of the carnival setting up uh in town um and this this uh narrator character was the only one who knew they were evil clowns mm-hmm. um and uh he's trying to like warn the town or whatever but um so this is sort of going back to like the carnival of carnage idea and it's like this this person i think he's like saying that he was a kid and he was excited about the carnival coming to town and then he realized that they were evil and he's the only one who knew it's sort of like a nightmare i like i like the voiceover work um the theatrical voiceover work in this album a lot and it really starts in this in this song yeah i think i wonder if that's their uh legs diamond guy yeah maybe yeah yeah um i thought this was uh, one of the better songs on the on this album yeah when i said it, there's not much to it i mean like i don't necessarily know how to summarize it ah i see i see <laughs> yeah uh tuda does this thing where you like I'm starting to get a little annoyed by it where he just ref- he just refuses to rhyme um sometimes mm. and usually he just ends a line uh a couplet by saying like uh bitch yeah <laughs> it's a lot more endearing uh, when he doesn't just shout the word bitch instead of a rhyme yeah yeah i i kind of appreciate the character of like i like the character that he's sort of like panicky and defensive mhm <laughs> Uh, I think that's entertaining, but uh, that particular joke is losing a little bit of uh, uh, a flavor for me. Mm-hmm. Flavor, flavor. Yeah, it's getting, getting a little stale. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I'm t- I'm too dope, and I sport tight Wranglers. Mm-hmm. Don't say a word, or I'll kick you in the neck, bitch. Yeah. Yeah, that <laughs> one's a little. I don't know. I <laughs> I sport tight Wranglers is kind of fun. Yes. <laughs> he does have some good lines later on in that verse where he says, I was a freak show. They called me the Pogo. I could make my ball sack bob like a yo-yo. Very, very good. That is very good. <laughs> well done, Mr. Dope. Yeah. Um, there's some more nonsense words, Red Hot Chili Pepper style. But don't take it from mm. me. I'm just a clown. Wicked clown, wicked town, jugga Okay, jugga-lugalicolicky. <laughs> I should... Colicky? I'm a colicky little juggalo baby. <laughs> basically, yeah. It's basically what it is. Uh, I want to be a juggalo baby. <laughs> Very good. Um, is it? <laughs> yeah. I, I, there's, there's this chanted anthemic chorus that I kind of like. hand in hand it's very religious yes 
it's a movement now and um uh yeah i i thought but do we do we gang bang do we bang in a gang mang do we bang bang i'm a gang banger man i bang in a gang man you can suck my wang man (laughs) (laughs) he's starting to get into some uh internal rhymes a little bit (laughs) Cameron. let me ask you this how much gang could a gang banger bang if a gang banger could bang gang Mang. Mang. <laughs> it's basically what <laughs> that verse is. Yeah. Um, uh, this song reminds really, me a lot of Hocus Pocus. Uh, except for having the spoken word bits. Uh, and that means I like it pretty well. Because Hocus Pocus yeah. was so is so far my favorite ICP song. All right. And then it ends with that Jerky Boys crank calling skit, which leads into Chicken Hunting. Yeah. The song's so nice, they released it twice. <laughs> Only this one is called Slaughterhouse Mix. It's the same light heart redneck hunting anthem as the last album. Only this one features way more Beastie Boys style distorted guitar. And it's labeled as a specific mix or I guess remix, but I'm like 90% certain it has different vocal takes than the last version of this song. Interesting. You know, I I like the the old beats a lot more. Me too. Yeah. It's way better. It was driven by but, that like, uh, funky bass in Oregon. Fingers and toes, blood, guts, fingers and toes, sit in front row at the chicken show. And this yeah. one is just like distorted guitar. It's, it actually kind of reminded me of Cypress Hill a little bit. Okay. The very, very little that I've heard of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the last version changed up the music in the chorus, which this one doesn't. It gets kind of yeah. monotonous. It's like the same beats and back backing tracks. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, it seems like they like needed to have more redneck hate in this album, but they didn't have anything else to say. So like, let's just re re release. It could be a fun B sides. I just don't know why it's like in the album. Yeah, I think. Well, I read somewhere that ICP was not very happy with the last version of this song, so they're like, "Screw hmm. you, we're gonna do it our way and release it on the next album." But weird. I like the last version. Yeah, the last version was way better. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, uh, in any case. Tell me about the next song, which is called Interview, and is not actually a song. Hello. How you doing? I'm here with the insane clown posse, ICP. How you guys doing? Well, uh, okay. I understand that you guys are from Detroit. Well, yeah, okay. I like this one pretty well. Yeah? <laughs> it's like, yeah, the, the interviewer is just this, like, super low-voiced radio DJ uh interviewing icp uh but all he gets in response to is like very generic questions are just a bunch of wacky noises uh and uh yeah it's just pretty fun and silly yeah they're really playing up the like we're crazy and not just saying we're crazy and like um, spooky clown thing in this. And uh, I thought it was fun. Yeah, it was I kind of a, a fun thing. It's the first time we've seen a skit as its own track, unless you count yeah. some of the like intro 
don't know if you'd call them skits. Next song is called Toy Box. Nothing feels better than a good hearty heart heart, right boys and girls? We got dead bodies everywhere you look. All the nerds sitting up front got cooked. Others start screaming and making a dash. So I start hanging out. And it's the island of misfit toys. Only these toys... Mm-hmm. Instead of being a Charles in the box or whatever they are. No, Charlie. That's why I'm a misfit toy. My name is all wrong. No child wants to play with a Charlie in the box. These are murderous toys. Uh, and apparently, according to Genius, it samples the, co- the, uh, the theme music from Pee Wee's Playhouse. And, yeah. yeah. I thought that sounded familiar. Okay. I'm not actually familiar with it, but there's this kid who's unpopular in school. And his dad is a serial killer, okay? And so the kid creates these murderous toys, and then he takes the toys to school, and they start killing other students. And it's kind of this, like, sick parody of a school shooting. And the lines, Mm -hmm. we we got dead bodies everywhere you look. All the nerds sitting up front got cooked. Others start screaming and making a dash. So I start handing out toys fast at last. And then eventually the toys turn on the kid and kill him. Yeah, uh, what do you think about this? Like, this has come up a few times, like, uh, school violence, and um, it's like, I kind of, I appreciate the narrative of, I'm, like, that school is a toxic place, mm-hmm. and it makes me go crazy. Yeah. Like, I can appreciate that, but it's also comes across as, like, being very, very insensitive, and, like it's hard for it to just be performative violence when it's in a school and when that's like the most, you know, horrifying violence. These are also pre Columbine albums. So I don't think like the school shooting had become quite as big of a thing at that point. Right. Um, I know that I'm sure they had happened, but I don't think they had like become quite such a thing. Um, and, and this one, like it's pretty clear that, it's not necessarily the school that's toxic and making him crazy. His dad's a serial killer. And right. that's the kind of... And then, so, like, I don't know. It's it's kind of a, a song about the violence and the toxicity from home leaking into school and ending right. up with a bunch of dead kids. Yeah. So, I I don't know. It's, it is troubling. Yeah, I, I, I think that maybe this could be, like, I don't know, cathartic or something to some some kids listening i guess um i don't know that maybe the, i don't know the targets of violence don't seem to really particularly deserve it it's kind of indiscriminate the nerds that sit up front are just cooked it's like well they're pretty much innocent bystanders at least the last time we had school of violence it was uh mr johnson's head and he was like a racist bigot who hang a rebel flag yeah, yeah. so <laughs> i like that song <laughs> i miss that song <laughs> yeah i do think it's a better song than this one Um, There are kind of lots of fun, silly samples of sound effects and horde and stabs and circus music, etc. Yeah. Um, There's some, yeah, the good, the production's pretty good from Mikey Clark. Yeah, I think you really stepped it up this this time. Yeah. Um, And then it ends with a skit that leads right into the next song, which is called Cemetery Girl. And I don't know, like, a lot of these skits seem kind of unnecessary. Yeah. Um... I mean, this skit does feature doing the Jay doing this weird chicken sound. Fuck off. Fuck off. 
which is just turns out is another way to say fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I guess that was kind of entertaining. That was a really wacky and weird way to end this to end this skit. <laughs> They're wicked um, wild, basi- Cameron. Ba- basically, <laughs> I'm crazy. I climb a tree and I get back down. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> uh, um. So yeah, the skit is it's sort of like it's two guys and it's an intervention for a necrophiliac. The next track is called Cemetery Girl. Cemetery girl, uh, Violent J's lover dies, so he digs her up and continues his relationship with her. Um, yeah, lots of internal rhymes in this one. Um, lots of internal rhymes replacing structural rhymes. I I wrote that note. Hopefully I actually like highlighted where I Mm. like an example of that. Mm -hmm. Um, lots of theremin in this song. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a little quote from Carnival Carnage. You'll never guess what's up. My mucking head blew up. Yeah. Well, it's a sample because he like kind of loops it. Yeah. Yeah. Cameron, is this song actually about necrophilia? I don't see like necessarily any indication he's having sex with the dead body. Oh, interesting. He does have the lines. I lean her head back to kiss her cracking lips and then her neck cracks also does her hips. I must be gentle. Bad. My baby girl's a little rusty, a little dusty, but most of all, a little musty. Yeah. <laughs> There's some really fun, like, grotesque body stuff going on. Yeah. No, yeah, I guess you're right. I just kind of... It's kind of strange, because in the rest of the... Uh, it's it's strange that they chose this song to, like, just have it be a romance, sort of corpse bride situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. This song... Well, I've been thinking a lot about... I haven't brought this up yet, but I've been thinking a lot about Charles Baudelaire as we get into talking about ICP. Um, do you know the? Do you know Charles Baudelaire? No. He's a French poet who wrote, let's see, in the late 1700s, I want to say? Ah, shit. I forgot what year. Um, but he... he uh, He's very much in a, like, the grotesque body. Um, and ICP kind of reminds me of his book of poems called Les Fleurs du Mal, which means the flowers of evil. Um, mm. He has this one poem called A Carcass, where he's like, Remember, my love, the object we saw that beautiful morning in June. By a bend in the path, a carcass reclined on a bed sewn with pebbles and stones. Her legs were spread out like a lecherous whore, sweating out poisonous fumes, who opened in slick invitational style her stinking and festering womb. Wow. Yeah. And then later on at the end, and you, he's addressing his uh, beloved, you in your turn will be rotten as this horrible, filthy, undone. Oh, son of my nature and star of my eyes, my passion, my angel in one, uh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, then, oh, my beauty, explain to the worms who cherish your body so fine that I am the keeper for corpses of love of the form and the essence divine. That's how it ends. Hmm. Yeah. Very well written. <laughs> well, it's it's a rhyming English translation uh, from James McGowan. Um, uh. Yeah, and then of course he has the uh, the poem later on called "To One Who Is Too Cheerful." Uh, <laughs> blah blah blah. So I would wish when you're asleep, the time for sensuality 
towards your body's treasury, silently, stealthily to creep, to bruise your ever tender breast and carve in your astonished side an injury both deep and wide to chastise your too joyous flesh and sweetness that would dizzy me. In these two lips so wow. red and new, my sister I have made for you to slip my venom lovingly. And if you're That's not, some ICP stuff yeah, right there. <laughs> if you're not picking up on the subtext, my venom means his dick. He's going to cut a hole in her side and then stick his dick in there. Yeah. And that's a titan of French poetry. The, the heart wants what it wants. <laughs> Anything's okay as long as it's consensual, right, Cameron? <laughs> yeah. So you said. Uh, yeah, there's yeah. definitely like lots of precedent for this kind of grotesquerie in ivory tower accepted literature. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, some of the, some some of the rhythm, uh, some of this stuff is kind of forced. Her eyes have withered. Her skin has now a tint of blue. Um, and well, he's just trying to fancy it up with some uh, poetic. Prosody. He's trying to get, yeah. <laughs> take take a page from whatever the name of that poet is you just read. Baudelaire. Um, Baudelaire. It's what the Baudelaire family was named after in a series of unfortunate yeah. events. I was mostly uh, just sort of bored and annoyed at this song. <laughs> I didn't like it very well. Yeah, it was all right. It's it's a little catchy, I guess. I don't know. Uh, the next song is called Three Rings. I'm going out of my bank. I guess I'm just another freak show thing. And now they got me in a three ring. <laughs> Genius claims that there's a spoken word intro that's delivered by the ringmaster. And I'm wondering if that's the ringmaster of the Dark Carnival from the last album. Yeah, I don't know if that's capital R ringmaster. Yeah. Or just the ringmaster. A ringmaster. Maybe he's a jeweler. Yeah. (laughs) Or he's J.R.L. Tolkien or something. Uh, Anyway, this is a song that takes the freak show from a carnival and uses it as a metaphor for judgmental and cliquey people who don't accept people different from them. You say cliquey? Would you rather I say clicky? Click, click, Uh, click, clack, clown? Yes. Nah. Cliquey? Cleek. You never heard that word pronounced cleek? No. Well, now you have. (laughs) Anyway. I I never do again. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, The chorus goes, three ring-a-ding-a-ding-a-ding. People love to point and stare. Three ring-a-ding-a-ding-ding. It's the same as everywhere. And then Jay says, you can call me a weirdo, call me a freak, call me Don Knotts because I'm getting knotted every week. Uh, So come see the carnival and throw me your change, bitch. I chill with the three rings. Uh, And basically it's just like a bunch of spectators come and gawk at these freak show people. And then, again, they're they're threatened with violence. There's this outro. Yeah. Where the ringmaster says, well, that's it. I hope you're satisfied. I hope you had a good time, you fucking heartless bastards. And then you yeah, think it, they look fucked up? It kind of sounds up? like when he, says, mm-hmm. when he says heartless bastards, it kind of sounds like he's like like uh, about to cry. <laughs> yeah. I Which is interesting because usually at this point, like the spectators would all be murdered or something. Well, later on, he says, you think they look fucked up? Just wait till I kick your fucking lips in a couple times. Right. So I don't know if it actually happens or not in the fiction of this song. Yeah, that's true could be an empty threat just being threatening yeah yeah i like this line uh 
And what's the big deal about my neck? Just because now and then I like to let it stretch up a couple feet mm. to get a better sight. <laughs> Is that any reason to scream and run in fright? It's a very Dr. Seuss line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um i i kind of like this song like it's social commentary yeah. it's they're really leaning into their outsider status um and it, yes it reminds me about the constant conversation we had about people who self-identify as rednecks and mm. as much as i think that there is or can be toxicity in that community i do think that it can be a very positive thing for people to take something that's an insult or low status and right. turning it into a kind of a badge of pride. Um, yeah. The trashiness, the poverty, and the rejection become virtues. And it's it's a sort of an inversion, carnivalesque style. And I think it's now's the time to bring up flubes. Do you know what flubes are, Cameron? Uh, no. <laughs> flubes are the precursor to juggalos. What? Yeah. Uh, so Violent J, he and his brother... Growing up, due to their poverty, they were the brunt of many jokes in school. I'm quoting from Wikipedia now. However, the brothers were not ashamed of their living standards and instead embraced it. Joe even made a name for themselves, Flubes. According to Joe, a flube was essentially a scrub, but not just an ordinary scrub. A flube, quote, wore the same old shoes and shitty clothes from rummage sales, but didn't even have to be cool. Flubes turned their scrubbiness into something they could be proud of. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm definitely gaining like a little bit more respect uh for violent j as i like get a little more insight into his childhood and i you know i wonder about yeah like at sort of feeling like outsider status like as a kid and how that like affects you especially poverty how that like affects your uh emotional um well-being yeah and like having to overcome that and uh yeah i think it's cool that he's <laughs> doing what he's doing yeah yeah. Yeah. You ever listen to uh, Dion Ford? Uh huh. <laughs> this is very Dion Ford, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. They have, they have a similar yeah. movement called Zef, uh, which is kind of like the South African version of the phrase white trash. Uh, yeah. And it apparently is, a, is not a word that they invented. It came from the 60s or 70s as a derogatory term to refer to working class white people in South Africa, including yeah. residents of trailer parks, although they call them caravan parks. And yeah. apparently it's a shortening of the name of the Ford Zephyr automobile that was popular, I guess, among working class Ford people. Ford Zephyr. Yeah. So Zeph style. <laughs> Fuck This is a big lump of Zeph side so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of on board with this, like, I don't know, taking pride in who you are, even if you're rejected by other people. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. Yep. And I, I think think maybe the difference between uh, some people that call themselves rednecks and people who are flubes or jugglos or zeph is that flubes and jugglos and zeph are genuinely uh, disempowered, whereas rednecks have a lot of power in America, or can, or people who use that word often tend to have a lot more political representation because of the way our our system is set up to give more representation to rural people yeah I, I think there's some truth in that and also i think that i think that a lot of people appropriate redneck identity um right that don't don't necessarily deserve it right so gentlemen yeah. farmers taking on the 
the redneck people with brand new Ford F three fifties or whatever. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's we're ranging wide from this particular song. Um, so let's talk about headless boogie. So Jay is walking through a cemetery and he gets chased by a hunchback caretaker mm-hmm. um, and uh, he's looking for a place to hide. So he dives into a grave, uh, but he ends up it's not just like a six foot grave. Uh, he falls down like a flight of stairs and he ends up in a zombie nightclub uh, yeah. and he likes he likes the scene so much that uh, he has the zombies at, at the end of the song cut off his head with a jigsaw so he can better fit in and participate. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's that's basically it. Yeah, this one really is the monster mash. Yeah. Because in the yeah, chorus, it's, very- it's like one of those old dance songs, uh, sort of like the time warp, where it's like uh, <laughs> these dance songs that supposedly teach you how to do the dance during the song. Yeah. So they have the, the lines, uh, where'd it go? Hey, yo, I heard that you died. Fuck Fuck that. that. It's It's time time to to get get live. live. Dead bodies. Let's all take a ride. Lean Lean to to the the left left and slide. slide. The headless boogie. The headless boogie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Uh, There's a really tasteless... There's a tasteless line in here. Oh, yeah? Oh, I know what you're going to say. Do you know what... Yeah. Yeah. uh, I'll read up to it. Uh, They all stand straight and swing to the side. No heads. But they feet still glide, take a step back, twist and dive. I even seen Kurt Cobain getting live. And then there's a gunshot sound effect. Yeah. Um, this is one year after uh, he killed himself. Yes. With a shotgun blast to the head. Yeah. So this seems a little too soon to me personally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that's pretty dark. Also, it, I mean, on the other hand, it is nice to, like, think that, you know, imagine, like, Kurt Cobain, like, having, like, a fun at the zombie party or something. Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily 100% offensive or meant 100% offensive, but it would have been a lot better if they had left out that shotgun sound effect. Yeah, because then it would be, like, he's just, you know, an acknowledgement that he's dead and, like, sort of weirdly honoring in this cross-genre, like way yeah uh there's there's here comes the the backs again i'm kicking it to a freak with no head no face but the rest is straight she's with it i hit it like a g her back fell off ew excuse me (laughs) what does that mean how does that what does that mean yeah (laughs) i like this one and kick step but when you do kick soft if you're dead your legs might fall off (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's good advice it's really Cameron. funny the idea of everyone doing kick step but someone does it a little too hard and there's just like legs flying all over <laughs> like the rockets yeah oh <laughs> uh, geez yeah okay um zombies mummies and frankenstein drinking cisco disco dead wine <laughs> yeah it's a fun song yeah. it's it's very very silly i like it but i did 
It's a I more or less enjoyed it. Yeah. It's a afterlife party anthem. It's it's just like all those rap songs about going to the club. So the next song is called "The Joker's Wild." <laughs> This was my favorite one. This is your favorite one? Yeah, dude. Huh. Okay, well, you have to tell I, me why it's good, because <laughs> I didn't think it was that good. Um, so, apparently, The Joker's Wild is a television game show, which was around in the 70s uh, until 1991. And uh, Genius says, which has been brought back to television, hosted by, of all people, Snoop Dogg. And <laughs> I think they meant to say Shaggy 2 Dope? Yeah, what? <laughs> Uh, that one's unverified and I can see why. In any case, this is a game show where a cop, a judge, and a redneck are contestants and they are each playing this violent game show game. Um, and basically there's just like, they're playing these games where they figure out different ways that they'll be mutilated or killed. I think they can get money and stuff too in it. Oh, theoretically? Like there's some, yeah, theoretically. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and some of the contestants of the three have moral criticisms leveled against them. The only one is the cop. The other two are just kind of revenge for slights that they've done on Violent J. Yeah. Um, and that's basically the song. It really walks the line between skit and song. Yeah. That's why I liked it. I thought that it was like a really well-timed and executed um, theatrical, like mu- music theater piece. Hmm. Um, I really liked, yeah, I thought the transitions were just like really natural. Um, there's like a bunch of key changes. There's some like awesome organ work. Uh, yeah, it's, I think it's really catchy. I think it's like pretty fun and it's, I think, yeah, I, I think it's just like the first time I heard like good production and like it's, it really set this scene. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I I appreciated it pretty well. I like the uh, Q and A section near the end, where they ask the governor uh, eats butt. Yes, the square root of two. <laughs> uh, correct. Nut sacks don't belong in butt cracks. Right. <laughs> Rich boys eat caviar. No, the correct answer is bullets. Blam 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 blam. Pow pow. Pew pew. Blam. Boom. There's a great advertisement for Fago. Yes. The Joker's Wild is brought to you by Fago. Everybody sing! Send your mama straight up to the snow. Tell that bitch to bring home a Fago. And uh, yeah, I feel I I just thought that like the world building was like really good. It's like this little like sung. Um, it sounds like an actual commercial. Yeah. Like it's like a a good little pastiche, and I appreciated it. Yeah. Uh, did you call? the the listener's mama a bitch mm. yeah so um yeah that's pretty much all there is to this song um tell me about dead body man dead dead body man Dead Bodyman. 
Hi, I'm Mort Deadbodyman. <laughs> Mort, that's perfect. Uh, well Thank done. You. Okay, yeah, this is just a song about um, uh, the the protagonist, sung, uh, embodied by Violent J, uh, likes eating corpses. It starts off with a skit, um, uh, Channel Seven news brief. Um, uh, Mork, is it Morg Perkins or Mork Perkins? It's, I'm the genius. It says Mork Perkins. M O R Q U E. He's reporting on a story of um, a morgue getting robbed <clears throat> of a bunch of bunch of dead bodies. And uh, then it goes on to finally Jay just talks about stealing, stealing bodies to eat them. Yum, yum. There's some references to uh, just don't look in the trunk. Yep. Um, which I appreciated. Uh, also, also, uh, where is it? He says, I ate, a, I ate a dead body, but don't tell. I lied, which is a reference to the line, never yeah. had it made, where he says, I ate a dead body, but don't tell. Yeah. I thought this little quatrain was interesting. If you think I'm sick, take a look at yourself. You got dead deer heads up on your shelf. On your keychain is a little baby rabbit's hand. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just the dead body man. <laughs> I, a hand? I thought that saying rabbit's hand <laughs> so it could <laughs> rhyme with dead body man. I kind of thought that was funny. <laughs> It's pretty endearing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's kind of childlike. Dead, dead yeah. rabbit, baby rabbit's hand. A yeah. little rabbit fist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, there's, I really don't like the flow in the verses. It's kind of this monotonous chance, chant. Uh, yeah. It's not as bad as some of the later songs. Um, and uh, we get a visit back to the misogyny parlor. Yeah, that part's bad. I drive down Central kicking the bass, chilling with my freaks, and I'm picking her face. Maggots and bugs like to crawl on her head, because my bitch is dead. I'd rather that instead than a hoe you can't trust, always digging a nut, a dead body bitch, learn to keep her mouth shut. Yeah. (sighs) Come on, man. That's pretty bad. Yeah. Saying, like, the only good woman's a dead woman, basically. Yeah. Because they actually shut their (sighs) mouth. That's, like, some of the most horrible lines they've ever said about women. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I yeah. It just makes me wonder. Yeah, is is this? Are they actually misogynist in their feelings, or are they just really sort of flippant, and they just have no issues with making these characters say these things? And right. if so, why? So, um, all right. Well, speaking yeah. of misogyny, the next song is called "Little Something Something." <laughs> Time. I work for the circus, shaggy the clown. Anyway, yo, girl, I see you around. I guess I'm trying to say that I want to be down. Hey. It opens with a skit where a Mr. Jackson is talking with a woman, and then he calls her the C word. Awesome. And I think that's the first, I think that's the first time uh, we get to hear that word. Yeah, we get to, yeah. They privilege us with that word. Um, then the song starts I think, off. Hey. Hmm? I, I think that I think that that is a sample from an old porno. Is it? How do you know? I think that have you the, have you seen well, this porno? The, <laughs> uh, uh, at the end of the song, there's a bunch of samples, and it sounds like it's from a vintage porno. Okay. 
Anyway, anyway, so this song after that opening skit goes right into its chorus, which is this like childish song that goes, "Hey, baby, I heard you like to freak, then come out to play with me," which is uh, that's yeah, that's it's innocent like, enough, I guess. But yeah, it's with a uh, it's it's a major key melody. It's got like uh, a little glockenspiel mm-hmm. that goes over the the sung melody, and it's yeah, kind of. Uh, Twee. Yeah, it, that's actually a great word for it. Um, yeah. So, I kind of, I kind of like this first verse. Let me just read the whole thing real quick. Hey, what's up? I'm new yeah. in town. I work for the circus, Shaggy the Clown. Anyway, old old girl, I seen you around. I guess I'm trying to say that I want to be down. Hey, we had ice cream, sat in the park. I walked her all the way home when it got dark. <laughs> Aw, this is so sweet, Cameron. She took me inside, and when the door shut. Next thing you know, I had my nuts in her butt. Ugh. <laughs> uh, so it's 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 Midwesterners. Midwesterners, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's kind of a little bit like the last song that was uh, a Mac mode song, where yeah. they're kind of like deriving some, trying to derive some tension or humor from the explicitness of what they're doing with the way they're talking, and this one even goes more for the. Uh, the tension between those two different things because it's like such a sweet like childish love twee love song right uh, but then he's talking about putting his nuts in her butt right i i feel like it's this song is less violent yes than that than that song except 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 for that one verse the statutory rape <laughs> yeah there's a statutory rape verse about a 15 year old dairy queen employee so yeah and sh- uh, it might actually be even non-consensual it's hard to say. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, not so, not that consent is really valid in a statutory rape, but it could be a violent yeah. statutory rape. Let's put it that way. I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Um, it, it has the, like, the, the, the cliche, you know, um, just as long as someone has pubic hair, they're, you know, old enough to consent. Yeah. So, uh, which, oof. Yeah. Pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, yep. otherwise Whoops. this song would be like fairly enjoyable and just like silly and yeah. fun. Um, yeah. It reminds me actually, <laughs> there's this one verse that reminds me of Bonobo Society. Uh, I need a girl that just, <laughs> just don't give a fuck. So I'm caught stroking her mom. I mean, so what? A little skins here, there ain't nothing. <laughs> so I don't know, no, know if you know, but bonobos like have sex to greet each other and male bonobos are always like blowing each other. Or they like yeah. give each other hand jobs to <laughs> diffuse tension, or it's like this integral part of bonobo society. Yeah, it's like why they're not violent. Yeah, because they're just constantly having orgies. Yeah, <laughs> I have heard that. It sounds it sounds a little overwhelming. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? I don't it? know if there's I don't know if there's any introverts in <laughs> bonobo society. <but laughs> Maybe they just got uh they didn't they couldn't keep up with uh, the evolution. The survival of the yeah. fittest. <laughs> uh, and, but then, I don't know. The, the, the end of the song kind of undermines this sort of like fun, silly anthem besides the statutory rape by saying, bitch, let me hit it. I won't be long. As soon as I nut, I'm gone. Yeah. So, I don't know. Oh, and as a side note, they do casually drop the word bitch. And the usage uh, is at times much more offensive than at other times yeah so i don't know if it's ever yeah, well, not offensive in any way yeah i i don't know 
All right. Oh, well, next song is called eye. Oh Evil Eye. So tell me about this one. Mikey Clark does a voiceover about he explains his motive for why he killed this old man. Mm-hmm. It's because he had a creepy ass eye. Yep. And uh, then the verses, there's one violent J verse uh, where he's, I'm assuming, a kid going door to door selling his grandma's cookies. Um, and he's not having any luck. So he goes up on the hilltop to see old man Willie. And uh, um, uh, the man's left eye, red, big and dripping. I was tripping. Ah, see ya. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a well, he says it in like a Scooby Doo way. And then there's like a little Flintstones or the Hanna Barbera style like mm-hmm. uh, scamper sound effect. Which is pretty cute. Yeah, cartoon dash. Um, and uh, then he goes, you know, he goes home and he just can't stop thinking about this eye. And um, he. He comes to the conclusion that the only way he'll be not haunted by this memory of this like creepy eye mm-hmm. is if he um, uh, uh, kills the uh, the old man Willie mm-hmm. and 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 uh, buries One-eyed the Willie? eye in his backyard. Old man Willie. One eyed Willie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I want a big long knife to stick it in. I want to lift up the eyelid and kick it in. He's got to die. I want his eye buried in my backyard. It ain't hard. I'm killing old evil eye. So, and uh, then uh, Shaggy Two Dope uh, has a verse about get. I guess getting the job done. Yeah. So, uh, so this song is actually a retelling of the Telltale Heart by Edgar Allan Poe. And that is what the voiceover from Mikey Clark is quoting. Now, this is the point. You fancy me, man. That man know nothing. But you should have seen me. You should have seen how wisely I perceived. What caution, what foresight, simulation I went to work. I was never quite... They're literally oh, direct passages from the Telltale Heart. Um, but they're missing... Well, they changed the context for one thing because they put themselves into it and they sound like they might be kids because Jay is running around selling cookies from his grandmother's cookie jar. Um, But it also misses out on the ending, which is the most interesting and important part of the Telltale Heart. Yes, Uh, where where he can hear the heartbeat underneath the floorboards and he can't like actually escape it. Yeah. Right. And uh, and then the the cops come to his house and he's convinced that they can hear the heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. So this one, it just ends where they kill the guy. And it's like, that's yeah. that's the end. That's a happy ending, I guess. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. The the last part is, uh, that night it ceased. The old man was dead. I placed my hand on the heart. And there, uh, for many minutes, there was no pulsation. He was stone dead. His eye will trouble me no longer. His eye will trouble me no longer. Yep. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> And there's no consequences I, or anything. I, I kind of, I kind of like this song. I, I thought it was pretty good storytelling. Um, 
except for it was a little confused about like are are Mike J and and Two Dope all the same character? No, because uh, Two Dope actually mentions J. A day con passed since I heard about J. Yo, man up in the sleigh because I don't fucking play. Yeah. That might be like a content continuity issue or something. Oh, really? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I just don't know why. Like Mikey Clark, you don't get to see these characters together if they're all separate characters. Yeah, I don't know. That's true. So maybe it's not good storytelling. But I, I more or less enjoyed the song, uh, and I kind of like the structure of. Um, I think there's six quatrains in each verse, and uh, the last quatrain is the same every time. I want a big long knife to stick it in, etc. Uh, and I kind of, I kind of liked the structure of it. I thought it was uh, a better conceived song than uh, many of them. Yeah. So, all right. Well, on to the next one, which is called Twelve. And this is a song about Jay coming back from the dead. And he takes his revenge on a jury that sentenced him to death. Uh, And it's got this really monotonous chant thing going on. Each line exactly follows the same beat. And it kind of makes it a chore to listen to. He -hmm. goes, now I've wakened, been reborn, though I have just until dawn. I remember every face. (laughs) It's all of the song, all of the verses are that exact monotonous like exactly on beat rhythm yeah that's probably my least favorite violent j voice yes yeah he's got this like sing-songing kind of nasal thing going on yeah <sighs> so i i really didn't like this song very much um yeah on the other hand he's much less casual about killing an entire family than he was in uh what was the song don't look it's in true. the trunk whatever that song got, is called. uh night of the axe night of the axe yeah, yeah. he's got a l- <laughs> yeah he's got a little more discretion yeah, he says next one uh this means that one of the jury members he's killing next one makes love to his wife only wish to take his life for his family's done no wrong place his children on the lawn tell the missus leave the room lest she wish to witness doom so i mean there's less collateral yeah. damage i guess yeah um, he's he's grown as a murderer yeah <laughs> oh and then we we got a uh, an appearance from the jokester from the dark knight uh, time to play the nurse's aid, <laughs> operate and strap her down, carve her face into a clown. Yeah. Just like the jokester. The joker. The joke teller. The jokeman. Yeah. Um, um, you know, it's, I don't think, I don't think, I think he was more scary than funny. Uh, <laughs> the jokester? <laughs> yeah. If you really think and about it. And that was it. the true joke the whole time. Uh, I know. <laughs> um, I kind of like the chorus on this one because it's just a a sample of I think it's Jay just like saying in like this kind of like scared voice you're gonna die like kind of whispering and then there's like these fun like piano figures on the on the bass bass register. Uh, yeah, it's like this music. chromatic chromatic piano. Yeah, and some string some string pads. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at the end of this, there's sort of a um, uh, an implied um, condemnation of those who would seek the death penalty, mm-hmm. um, even for 
like violent crime. Uh, listen to my riddle song. Even though my crime was wrong, murder me just for your law, and I'll be back for y'all for all y'all. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I I kind of I kind of appreciated. Um, it it's a it's a pretty pretty questionable method of of dealing with uh violent criminals. Mm-hmm. But then <laughs> uh, it's a kind of questionable like response yeah. to just kill everybody in response to a death penalty. I think the the sort of the genre of supernatural horror is something is is done that's unjust and then it just keeps cycling like it's about cyclical violence until something is done to stop it. Yeah. So yeah. All right. Well, let's bring it home. Last two songs. Cameron, tell me about The Killing Fields. Let me burp for a second. <laughs> got that got that K-cup burp. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. The Killing Fields. Because when you die, you're coming to the killing what shall it be when that final moment comes? When the curtains are drawn, the windows are shut, the door is closed, and you've written what you've written, you said it, that's it! What will it be? What about it? Yeah, uh, Violent Jade describes this sort of horrific landscape of um, uh, living corpses trying to kill themselves unsuccessfully. And then uh, at the very end... Um, uh, it's raining blood at the very end of the first verse. It's raining blood Hallelujah, and kidneys it's and livers. Okay. <laughs> Let me read the text, please. <laughs> it's raining blood and kidneys and livers from the sky. Prepare, because when you die, you're coming to the ki- killing fields. And that's when it's revealed. This is the afterlife. This is hell. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I kind of, I kind of like this one. Um, because it's all about how like rich privileged people are going to get what they deserve um and they're going to die and go to hell um and uh i kind of appreciate the the juxtaposition of of that with the there's this uh preacher character and i don't know if it's a sample or if it's an actor either way i think it's pretty good um but it's this pastor giving a hell and brimstone sermon but uh the sermon's about like you know, uh, drunkenness and lust. Um, and I, I kind of appreciated that juxtaposition with the, the rest of the song, which is a sermon about, um, uh, rich people. Um, like the the act, you know, the actual gospel, which is, it's harder, uh, for, um, a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven than to fit through the eye of a needle. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, so like I, I, I kind of appreciated that. Um, yeah, I thought it was like a, a pretty well conceived song. You know, for all their like outsider status and how much hate they get from the mainstream and how many people severely dislike them and how much of a crazy carnivalesque these boys get up to, they really accomplish what the carnivalesque does for for Bakhtin, the the uh, Russian critic, um, in that stepping outside the societal norms or the moral order of how things work really only serves to reinforce the moral order. And that's exactly what ICP is doing here because yeah, they're really like giving us this very conventional morality 
it seems very built on Christianity or ideas from Christianity. And it basically comes down to be good in your life or you will face eternal punishment, which is that yeah. just feels like pretty bedrock ideas from different flavors of Christianity. But but they're but they're challenging the idea of what it means to be good. Um, yes. And uh, like I, I appreciate that because I think overall like Carnival, but especially like what ICP is doing is they're they're railing against um, uh, ideas of purity being like moral. Yeah. Like purity is not moral, um, which is something. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people can relate to because, um, yeah, I grew up with a lot of a lot of purity um uh theology and and morality yeah um and it was it was couched in a lot of you know but uh god loves you anyway um but you know that didn't really help that much (laughs) (laughs) you know i think it would have been just a lot better if instead of purity i was taught you know to be down with the clown yeah, no. Uh, if I was taught, you know, self-respect and um, and compassion and like service, um, and uh, instead of yeah, judgment, um, even if it's couched in this like, uh, but you can ask for forgiveness. Uh, the things that I was taught to judge, I think, are yeah, inconsequential um, when compared to. Um, uh, sy- systemic injustice and um, the uh, complicity of uh, comfortable people right. in uh, yeah the suffering of others. So yeah. it's yeah. like it's like refocusing I, on what Jesus actually says. He doesn't really yeah. talk about like don't have premarital sex. He talks about rich people fucking over other people and yeah. the systems of oppression that he sees around him, which is yeah you know what ICP does. Not to get like too theological, but like I, I, it's hard not to because this music is so, yeah, like rooted in like sort of European Christian ideas of yeah. <laughs> morality. Um, and like it's responding to it. But, um, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, <laughs> this is a very like extreme and like crazy in carnival version of that. Yeah. But yeah. I, kind of appreciated it yeah i agree and uh i feel like this song should have been the last song on the album because the next one which is called killing fields or sorry fuck it's called i'm coming home doesn't really like re like reinforce or or tie in with the central concept of the dark carnival This one is kind of this like fun ghetto al- or ghetto anthem rather. I I think that it, I think um, that it kind of ties in after this last song because it's it's about uh, nostalgia and sentiment about the ghetto and like it's sub it's subverting the idea of like so you think that this is hell but this is actually heaven to me. Hmm. And your comforts are are bad, and I laugh at them interesting so i think it's i think it's after the last song on purpose okay because i think it's it's uh it's still subversive but it's like 
it it's sort of a heaven and hell juxtaposition. Yeah. This one has like such a fun, like exaggerated uh evocation of the the pleasures of the ghetto. Give me Coney dog with a little smog. Nothing tastes better than the poisonous fog seeping from the sewers yeah. in my slummy neighborhood. But the ghetto got love and the love is all good. So I don't give yeah. a fuck about your mansion by the lake. You can suck my dingling until your neck breaks. Um yeah, there's a lot of like ghetto <laughs> grotesque body stuff. Yeah. Um and then has some really interesting final lines where Violent J says, Nobody wants to be around the ghetto breed. The ghetto got each other and that's all we really need. Shaggy Toot Up says, So what the fuck am I doing down here? I got land of my own. Violent J says, Hey yo, dog, fuck it, we going home. Yeah, it's kinda sweet. <laughs> yeah. They've uh they've gone nationwide, but they're they're still southwest down. <laughs> You know, I wonder if they still live in Detroit, in Southwest Detroit, or yeah, if they've moved out. I know they have kids now, both of them. Wow. <laughs> little little jugglinos. Jugga, jugga bambinos. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the last one. It's the end of that 70-minute album with 16 songs. Yeah. Fin- final thoughts on it? Uh, not really anything that we haven't covered already. Yeah, I liked some moments really well. I I do I don't know if we mentioned this explicitly yet, but you can listen along uh to all these songs because they're on Spotify. So you can listen to all this music as opposed to Garth Brooks where you have to I guess order a CD on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, I guess or, or whatever. <laughs> and then it, it probably won't work. <laughs> uh but um yeah, maybe I'll put a, a link in the show notes to the albums on Spotify. I think that everyone should listen to that Joker's Wild song because okay. I think it's really, really entertaining. Yeah. That's my favorite one of this one. Cool. I have a few uh, geniuses of the genius, some real stable geniuses. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, on on uh, Toy Box, there's a line, others start screaming and making a dash, so I start handing out toys fast at last. You like slinkies? We got slinkies. Only mine like to wrap around your face. So on the slinkies line... Genius. Yeah, I saw this annotation. Yeah. <laughs> Violent J has plenty of slinkies, coiled toys known for their ability to move downstairs seemingly on their own. <laughs> so thanks for explaining what a slinky is, I guess. It's not really explaining yeah. the line or how it fits Thank into you, the song. Geniuses. Real stable geniuses. Um, on Dead Bodyman, there's the lines, Remember something's wrong with my brain. Insane. Second I was born, doctor threw me against the wall. And... One genius annotated it, saying the doctor was so shocked at newborn Violent J's appearance that he instinctively threw Violent J away. And he has a clip art <laughs> picture of a very astonished doctor. It's yeah. Pretty cute. <laughs> and I know we've switched over to geniuses now, but I have a bonus song meanies mm. on the song Dead Bodyman. Uh, oh, it's a two-parter. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Hatchet hatchet 36 writes to me this song means that just because someone thinks and acts very different from you doesn't mean you should hate on them hence the verse if you think i'm sick take a look at yourself you got dead deer heads up on your shelf on your keychain is a little baby rabbit's hand i'm just a dead body man (laughs) that's saying if you can have dead animals why not have dead bodies what's the difference mal yeah (laughs) and then maggot for life nine writes Hatchet 36 is, is excatly 100% correct. That's the same meaning I got out of the song. Don't judge people <laughs> for how they act or are look at yourself before ooh, judge others. 
Exactly. Right on the money, Hatchet 36. It's a cool, creepy song with great music. I love it with one of my faves. So they just have like corpses all over their rooms. <laughs> yeah. They got lots of uh, baby rabbit hands. <laughs> yep. Okay. Well, uh, I have a few new supporters to tell you about, Cameron. Yeah. Tell me yeah. about them. So we have Ethan Storang. Hi, Ethan. Hi, Ethan. I got I got a, a clearance from Ethan to use his name, as did I for a Robin Kimmel that I told you about last episode. So Ethan and Robin Kimmel are both benefactors. Mm. So thank you for benefacing us, Ethan and Robin. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, it really means a lot I, to us. It's 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 crazy that that um. Th- we're making any money at all on this show <laughs> crazy that people give us money for this show i'm wearing my uh i want to be a cowboy baby shirt right now hell yeah to i am in too this, in this oh. <laughs> <laughs> with babies together uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah and dear listeners if you want to support us you can go to support at or support dot box at dot website where you can sign up at different tiers uh from two dollars to thirty dollars or whatever and uh, you'll get access to our bonus episodes, and you'll support us making more of these episodes um, because it it does it takes a lot of time and a lot of preparation. Yeah. yeah so thank you. Uh, you can also revi- write us a review on iTunes. That really helps. You can spread the word, just word of mouth, telling other people about it. Um, and if you want to talk to us, visit us online at boxset.website or email us at electronic mail, or sorry, email at boxset.website or electronic underscore mail at boxset.website. Whichever you prefer. They both work. It's so stupid. Yeah, it is. <laughs> There's also a contact form yeah. on our website. Uh, and you can also tweet us at TOTBS Podcast. That's T-O-T-B-S. Yes. Because we're full of T-O-T-B-S. Yeah. Um, you can also listen to Cameron's other podcasts. Gooch. Short for Get Up in the Pool. <laughs> he loves it when I call it that. I do. I love listening to Cameron's Gooch. Okay. Um, yeah, I open I open every episode with "What's up, my gooches?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very it's very MTV. <laughs> All right. Well, until next week, where we get the great Malenko. I'm Nathan Hunt, and I'm a dead bodyman. I'm Cameron Dewitt, and I sport tight Wranglers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Nathan Hunt, and I'm the jokester from The Dark Knight. <laughs> I'm Cameron DeWitt, and call me Don Knotts. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Don Knotts, I'm signing off, and I'm telling you that I've got a telltale heart beating just for our listeners. It's just the way of the cemetery, girl. <laughs> oh, God. And the governor eats butt. All right. Well, that's enough of that. I'm Cameron DeWitt. And no. <laughs> 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 yeah. Probably peaked the mic a little bit on that one. <laughs>